I think it's safe to say that the USC defense was slightly embarrassed with their performance in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. And they're mad, and they want to finish what they started this season. That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USA your very first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, please remember we are free, and I really hope you're enjoying the show, coming along for the ride. To those of you who are watching on YouTube, and if you haven't done it yet, why not? Do me a favor. Hit that red subscribe button, and to those of you who have, thank you so very, very much. All right, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, the best way to finish a season, obviously, is with a win, and in USC's case, not on a two game losing streak. Um, and in order for both to happen, one to happen, one not to happen, we will, uh, it'll, it's going to require the USC defense to help Tulane um, turn the ball over, create some more turnovers, uh, because that's going to be the difference in this game. Let's just be honest. When it comes to this USC team, if they don't win the turnover battle, which they have done more times than not, um, they don't win the game. Case in point, their last timeout against Utah Pac-12 Conference Championship game. And Tuli Tuiapolotu agrees with this. Um, he said following Thursday's full padded practice down there in Dallas, if USC wants to get back on the winning track, it will have to play with more urgency on the defensive side of the ball. We've got to finish, Tuiapolotu said. Everybody preaches that finishing. We come up, we came up short in the Pac-12 championship. I mean, we're here at the Cotton Bowl, New Year's sixth game, great bowl game, and we're blessed to be here. Yeah, we're just gotta, we, we just gotta finish. Go out and play our hearts out. We we can't finish the year off on a loss. We're going to go out there and execute and play our hardest. End quote. Um, there was a reason I actually had a little bit of a pause there because if you saw how Tuli spoke and if you can maybe put into context that part where he said, uh, quote, I mean, we're here at the cotton bowl end quote, uh, that's not necessarily a slight, but it does lend some validity to the idea that the team knows uh, it has to get up for the game. Uh, then again, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Uh, I don't know. I've been kind of barking up this tree for the last couple of weeks that uh, not just the Cotton Bowl, all bowl games are meaningless. And it kind of just sounds like a little bit, there's a little bit of mental, internal mental motivation going on there. Again, could be wrong. Um, his defensive teammate, Kalen Bullock, agreed that uh, with Thule's take and said that 
um, says the time between games has provided a valuable opportunity to refocus after coming up short their last time out. Quote, I think this last month has been really important for us, especially after our last game we played. We know that's not us that we put on film. So we've just got to, so we've just been out here trying to take it in each and every day and go out there and just execute uh, everything the coaching staff teaches us and really basically just go out there and have fun with each other, end quote. Here's the thing that I would uh, respond back to Kalen with. Um, this, this is who you are. Um, that they, If they're not making the other team turn the ball over a lot, uh, tackling has been an issue all season long. So, you know, I mentioned that on a earlier in the week. You know, Leopard doesn't change her spots. This is who USC is this year. Offensively, very dynamic. Defensively, they make the other team turn the ball over, but they uh, they haven't been good on tackling. Uh, defensive coordinator Alex Grinch was asked whether he felt the Trojan defenders were trying too hard to make a big play. And while he didn't necessarily, you know, he didn't deny it or confirm the idea, uh, he did say it felt like they were, quote, surprised in the moment and that they were needed on that play. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that's what you want your defensive coordinator saying much uh, in following game 13 of the season. And especially in a game that had so much writing on it. There was just so much on the line. Uh, but that's how Grinch, you know, he, I, I won't say he plays mental games, but he does, he likes to put, he likes to strain his players both physically as well as uh, mentally. So maybe there's a little bit of mind, mind games going on there. I don't know. Um, so what he did do though, uh, is he kind of played a little bit of a, my Monday morass playing that what if game. USC forced at least one turnover in all but one game this season. Uh, the Pac-12 championship game against Utah was the only time all season where USC lost the turnover battle in that one. Uh, they had two fourth quarter turnovers, and Utah turned those into two touchdowns. And the Utes basically, uh, they won the last 15 minutes of the game. Quote, they, didn't, they got two takeaways, we didn't. If we got two takeaways and they didn't, what's the outcome of that game, end quote? Well, yeah. Uh, if my aunt had a third leg, yeah, she'd be my uncle. So we play the what if game. It's kind of like, man, what if this happened? Well, as a coach, you hate playing the what if game. I've been there. It sucks. You hate thinking, what if I would have done something different? And again, um, he made, he, he was in full Grinch mode after Thursday's practice. So I, I'm just going to read through some quotes here. Uh, he was asked, you talk about the process of these. Uh, we talked a lot about the process of this first year. It's almost over. When you look at the whole thing in its entirety, what do you feel you accomplished defensively this year? How do you feel about the progress that you've made? And coach said, yeah, I think the answer that jumps right off, not enough. So if you've, if you've paid attention to uh, Coach Grinch, 
you know that uh, he's got a very dry sense of humor. Uh, very Stephen Wright. Look it up. Look him up. You'll understand. Not a lot of facial expression. Um, you're charged with having a championship defense at USC. You sign up for that. We played good enough defense 11 times. Um, we didn't play good enough defense two times, but I don't take a lot of solace in that. We are expected to have a championship-level defense, and we weren't able to do that in the 2022 season. I think one of the things from a learning curve standpoint, and I may talk for the next half hour on this, because we've had a month to assess some of the things, and you still got a chance to be a champion. Uh, you can be a Cotton Bowl champion and at the end of the deal um, win 12 games. And we're working our tails off to get that done. The expectation is playing championship bowl defense and playing winning defense. And winning defense is not just winning the game because we didn't play winning defense 11 times this year. And that's a fact. You know what? At least he, let, let's give credit to Coach Griffin. I know there's a lot of you out there that would like to say good riddance to Coach Griffin. Uh, going back to yesterday's episode of Locked on USA. Um, but at least he's not trying to, you know, kind of poo-poo it away. He's taking, um, he's calling it for what it is. And pretend he's not trying to ask us to pretend that our eyes uh, were lying to us, right? Some do in this coaching profession and in the real world. Uh, and the follow-up question he was asked, uh, in terms of that progress, how much do you have to sort of maybe even look inward at your own approach when you look back on the season? Or how much does that have to change? Obviously, the roster will change heading into next year, but you personally, do you have to make changes to the defense heading into next year? Coach Grinch's response. No, you always look at it. You look at it every week, and that's the appropriate thing to do. And, you, and you've and you got to have your eyes wide open, and you've got to be willing to be very self-critical. And it starts there. How can we put the guys in a position to be more successful? And is it that simple? And then you say, you know, if, it, if that individual does the things that we're coaching them to do, could we have better success on that play? If the individual does it with more effort, could we have more success on that play? What we will not do is change things based on the outcome of a play that an individual doesn't do the things he's coached to do. Oh, let me interject here. That last statement, it's interesting, uh, and it sort of takes the heat off of his coaching. But, you know, I... For anybody who's coached before, you have to be confident in what you do. Everything can't always be about, it can't just always be on the coach. There's a little bit of execution involved as well. So that's what he's trying to convey there. But um, I, there was a follow-up question. Felt this, I, I think when he received the next follow-up question, um, I think they felt the same vibe because uh, was that a tough lesson just to learn as a coach? Obviously, you have to look self-critically at your approach, but also to know if guys aren't doing what you're coaching them to do. How do you balance that or learn to balance that? Here's how Coach Grinch responded. Yeah, I think 20 years in it, you get a couple of different decisions to make. If you call yourself a good coach, then you have to believe in that 
in the things that you're coaching. You also have to make sure that you don't fall into the excuse business as well. Well, the call was good. My player couldn't, couldn't get it done. That's a trap. And obviously, that's not a great recipe of being very quality in this business and at this profession. Certainly not the leader of a group of men. Uh, last quote here, or last question and quote, uh, your defense has been really good at forcing turnovers this year, and Tulane's offense has been really good at holding onto the ball. How key is, it that, is that dynamic uh, going to be? Do you have confidence you can't force turnovers on anyone? Uh, Grinch said, yeah, we just dropped a couple of picks in practice, so uh, it's probably a bad time to ask. In other words, he was pissed off. Uh, but no, it's a major piece of the equation that's ongoing, and that's kind of going back to talking big picture defensively. It can't be that one thing you're good at. We talk about out-efforting our opponent, and we got out-efforted by Utah. We talk about out-physicaling our opponent, we got out-physicaled by Utah. We talk about doing our job and execute, we got out-executed. We say takeaways equal victory. They got three, we got one, we lost that game. That's it in a nutshell. That's Coach Alex Grinch. So, again, let's see how the team responds. From the sound of the, what the players have been saying, by the sounds of Alex Grinch, this month off hasn't been easy. They're, they know they're embarrassed. They know they need to play better. I think, and I hope, we all hope we're going to see a much better performance against Tulane defensively. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving under the influence, driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive, you're high. When you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Okay. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day, Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You should probably head on over there and check it out. <coughs> a lot of bowl game news, uh, so you can catch up on all the scores and all that kind of good stuff in 20 minutes or less. So, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> on Wednesday uh, at AT&T Stadium, um, Tulane's head coach, Willie Fritz, uh, he took his team, I guess, basically through a walkthrough at AT&T Stadium, um, just so those guys can get a feel of what it's going to be like to play in a NFL stadium. 
And, uh, quote, it was a good practice, said Fritz. This is the first time we've practiced since December 22nd. We did a little one at a school, but it was more walkthrough stuff yesterday. I thought it went well. I thought the guys picked things up quickly. You know, it's just getting used to the facility here. We're just so lucky that they're letting us in here and practice. I think you're pumped and excited about the opportunity to be here. I talked to the team about how fortunate we are that Mr. Jerry Jones and the Cowboys let us come in here. And I told him about Mr. Jones, how Mr. Jones played in the Cotton Bowl back in 1965. It's a big deal to him. So I think it's pretty neat that he gives access to both teams to the facility. Okay. So, and I'm being totally sarcastic here because I totally like the name Willie Fritz, but the whole slobbering over Mr. Jerry Jones uh, was probably just a little bit of that Southern hospitality coming out, but it made me giggle the first time uh, I read it. So, <laughs> look, this is a big moment for Tulane in their program. They're playing in a New Year's Day Bowl in the Cotton Bowl. USC is used to this. They're Well, not lately, but traditionally, USC plays in New Year's Day Bowl. Traditionally, in the Rose Bowl. Um, so with five days left until kickoff, um, Coach Willie Fritz, he wanted to make sure his team was uh, got a chance to enjoy earning their first um, classic, their first births of the Cotton Bowl. Um, but at the same time, make sure that they prepare for USC. Quote, we want to have fun. Hey, this is an honor to be here, but it's also a reward for a great season. We want our guys to enjoy it and have fun, but also understand we've got to work. We, we have work to get done as well. When we get 24, when we get 24 hours out, we'll start looking in. One of the things that's really difficult about reading a quote is reading a coach's quote because they leave out little words. And it makes English really difficult to convey, especially for someone like me. Yeesh. Anyways, I apologize. Um, and because the game is being played on a Monday, uh, Tulane's coach was treating Thursday like it's a Tuesday. So on Thursday's practice, uh, he said, practice looked good. I thought the kids had good hustle and got a nice grasp of what we are going to see in the game. Um, a big part of these bowl games also is you have to adjust. They're going to do some things differently. They've had a lot of time off. We're going to do some things differently. We've had a lot of time off. So that's a big part, particularly early in the game, adjusting to new things you're seeing on offense, defense, and special teams. He went on, quote, we spend a lot of time on special teams. You can get a really big edge in the game with starting field position. If you're starting 10 yards further downfield than they are over the course of 12 series, that's 120 yards of hidden yardage. So we put a premium on working on the kicking game. Well, um, we know that special teams is not one of USC's strongest points. They've been, you know, it's been a roller coaster. They've been good in, in spurts. They Then they show their warts. And then they're back to looking, you know, like a cover girl model. Very up and down with USC special teams. 
2022, um, both Tulane's punter and return specialist. So that would be Casey Glover is the punter, and Jaquan Jackson is their return specialist. They earned all conference honors. And then additionally, Lawrence Keyes averaged 21.8 point yards per kickoff return. And Valentino Ambrosio made all 38 of his point after attempts, and he was 10 of 11 on field goals. Uh, Coverage-wise, nearly half of Glover's 43 point uh, 43 punts ended in a fair catch um, for a team that has only allowed eight yards on seven punt returns this season. That's a pretty pretty impressive stat. And to emphasize that. Uh, Coach Fritch said, quote, it's huge for us of his coverage teams. Our punter has done a good job of locating punts where they need to be. And then we've done a really good job of covering the punts. We work on it a bunch, so we should be good at it, end quote. Um, Again, I just want to emphasize, this is going to be a concern for USC fans at the game watching on TV because USC has been really helter-skelter on special teams. Um, so we know that uh, Tulane spends a lot of time on it. We're going to see if they've uh, seen USC's fake punt setup that uh, that's sort of been successful uh, over the last few years. Remember Michael Pittman? We ran it this this year with Michael Jackson. Um, we'll see. We'll see if uh, USC's special teams coaches Kyle McDonald and Luke Heward. Um, have any have uh, got their groups with Ryan Doherty overseeing it? Um, have got those guys ready to go. So um, again, Tulane's offensive coordinator. Um, we know that they spend a lot of time watching film on special teams. Tulane's OC, uh, his offensive coordinator. His name is Jim Savoboda. Savoboda. I apologize. Um, he said he's seen film of USC's defense and their numbers, and he said the staff has been impressed. He has impressed upon their players exactly what type of team and defense they will be facing. Um, we've been fortunate at being good at taking care of the football, uh, Coach Svoboda said, but they have a tremendous turnover margin, end quote. I'm just going to say Coach Jim because I can't say Svoboda. <laughs> uh, but he also saw, look, if he saw their film, then he also saw what the country saw and what you saw and what I saw when USC played Utah. And Coach Jim clearly saw that extra yards could be had if the USC defense uh, is going to try and strip the ball and not emphasize tackling. Quote, we have to be conscious of not forcing the ball in the passing game and making sure that we're securing the ball. Because if a team is trying to strip the ball, sometimes that can make them less effective tacklers. So so there's give and take with some of those kinds of things too. But they are excellent at that aspect of the game, and we're definitely aware of it, end quote. Uh, Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt, is also aware of it, um, that USC has a tremendous ability to intercept the ball with great frequency. So he said after Thursday's practice, Um, He believes the turnover margin will be, quote, huge in this game. Uh, And he was talking about USC's ability to create takeaways. 
Quote, I think they do a pretty good job of getting pressure on the quarterback. They play their safeties pretty deep. Number seven, Kalen Bullock, has some good range. He can play the field really well. And I think some of the coverages that they play, being able to get pressure on the quarterback and putting the quarterback in bad situations is what led to a lot of their takeaways. He's absolutely correct. Great assessment quarterback, Michael Pratt from Tulane. Now, again, talking about it and doing it are two different things for both teams. We know what both teams need to do. Tulane needs to protect the ball. USC needs to take the ball away. USC needs to be um, obviously very efficient and effective on offense. And they need to tackle on defense. Do not give up the extra yards and do not allow special teams to beat you. Sounds pretty simple. They do that, USC will win the game, in my opinion. And it's looking more and more like Caleb Williams is going to play. Every time you see practice video footage, it's very limited. Um, he's out there throwing the ball around with Miller Moss. Again, we're not seeing anything other than him throwing the ball. But So we'll see. All right. This uh, Look, there's really nothing left to say about this game, about this year. So I just want to say thank you one more time. Happy New Year. This is the last episode of Locked on USC for 2022. And I cannot tell you how much fun this has been for me. Um, and I'm, I promise I'm going to work on making the show better in 2023. And I hope you guys have had, been having a good time with this. I appreciate all the feedback, even uh, some of the over-the-top criticisms. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Um, but you know what? Keep it coming. Tell me what you'd like to hear. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Try and be adult about it if you can. Um, and again, there's just way too many people for me to mention. And because I don't want to forget anybody, I'm not going to mention anybody in particular. Um, because again, I don't want to forget anybody. There's just so many people that mean too much to me. And uh, I'm kind of rambling and I know I'll forget. So all I will say is uh, let's beat Tulane. So that way we can get back to uh, discussing another Trojan victory when we see our next episode of Locked on USC in 2023. So just the last couple of things here. Player of the game on offense, I don't know. Austin Jones, why not, right? And because Tuli Tuiapolotu is angry and he's playing in the game, he's my pick for player of the game on defense. <clears throat> Final score, USC 45, Tulane 36. There you go. Locked on USC is in the books for 2022. Thanks again for everyone. I hope you come back for 2023. And remember, tell a friend. This is going to be a really good show for everybody. And when you're not here making Locked on USC your first listen, get on over to WeRSC.com because... Following the Cotton Bolt, there's going to be a whole grip of content for you to uh, kind of sit back, read, and uh, that's going to be your fill of USC football until spring camp. 
they'll be recruiting and all that kind of good stuff. But it's the last game. Savor it. Enjoy it. Win or lose. Take it in. Remember, in 2021, USC was 4-8. In 2022, you had Lincoln Riley. You have 11 wins. You have a Heisman Trophy winner. Number eight, the most ever for any program in the country. And things are looking really good for the future. So with that, one more time, you know what to do.